Exciting. Let's see if I can get this music stand of Ian's without destroying anything. Boom. All right. Anybody know what we're talking about tonight? You don't, do you? What's that? Being applied. Being applied. Yes, applying. Hey, can y'all turn that microphone down a little bit? Because I hate the sound of my voice. Um, so, yes, I know how you feel to some extent. Um, we're talking about, we are talking about being applied, and we, we've taken that, um, that word applied from 2 Corinthians 5, which we talked about the first few weeks that we were here this semester, which seems like forever ago, um, to me anyway. We've had like rabbis come and speak since then, we've talked about parents and friends, and we've talked about dating and sex, and we've talked about um, all kinds of stuff. We've been to Protestant Pantry. We've done a lot of different stuff. But we're still, uh, for this week and next week, finishing up this idea of applied. What does it mean if we are a new creation in Christ? If we have chosen to follow Jesus Christ and we have been transformed, how do we apply that truth, that newness, okay, to everyday aspects of our lives? Um, and so tonight we're speaking uh, particularly about um, alcohol, drinking, um, drunkenness. Uh, we can even kind of throw the idea of, of different drugs in, in, this, uh, in this talk as well. And so here's what, I under, here's what I know, a few things that I know about this topic in this group, okay? For some of you, this, is, this could might as well be a lifetime away, hopefully, right? Some of us are uh, in seventh or eighth grade, and, and this hopefully hasn't, um, hasn't become a factor for us yet, it hasn't even really uh, been anything for us to have to worry about, hopefully, okay? Um, I also know that we all come from different environments and different homes, okay? So there are going to be pr some pretty strong viewpoints on this topic, uh, depending on where and how you were raised and what kind of household you were raised, okay? And, and I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing, I'm just saying that it is a thing, right? Because if I polled each and every one of you, your parents would have different, uh, different opinions uh, on uh, whether or not uh, one should consume alcohol, whether or not they do consume alcohol, whether they do it social, in a social setting. There will be some of you that, uh, that have family uh, members who have abused alcohol or other substances. So there will be all kinds of, of different uh, perspectives there, okay? Use that word early on, all right? Um, there will be a lot of, of different things going on, okay? You in this room, even those of you who are 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, you have different opinions as well, Okay? I have an opinion. We all have different opinions. We all have different experiences, okay? What I'm after tonight is not my opinion or your opinion or even your parents' opinion, okay? What I'm after is, is what Scripture says, what it doesn't say, and then watch this, how we apply that, right, to our lives, okay? So both now and in the future, right? Because, you know, at some point, you are going to probably have a family of your own, right? And a husband or a wife, children, dogs, cats, um, maybe, um, if you're like a, a cat lady, that'd be cool. All right, um, all of these different things, right, Coleman? Um, all, of these different, all of these different things, and you will have to make decisions as an adult about 
what happens in your house. Does that make sense? And so I want Scripture to speak truth into your life now, but look at me. I also want five years from now, right, when you're like, hey, Josh, you didn't, why didn't you tell me about this? I'm like, remember, November 7th, 2018, I actually did tell you about it, and you just weren't listening, okay? All right, that happens sometimes. I had a mom not too long ago tell me that uh, their kid only knew like uh, one or two Bible stories in the entire Bible, and they'd be coming to youth for like years, and they were upset with me about it, and I was like, hmm, hold on just a second. We talk about a lot of stuff in here, so they should know more Bible studies, more Bible stories than that, so you should too, okay? All right, so we're talking about it tonight, and so it won't catch you by surprise five or ten years down the road. Um, it's been a while since I've taught about this, I think, and so... Some of the examples that I used the last time I taught about it, I always bring out my old notes if I'm teaching about the same topic, the same passage, and kind of see how ridiculous I was five or ten years ago when I taught about something. And I think the last time I used it, I used a uh, Soldier Boy uh, uh, lyric, um, All the Way Turned Up, if you remember that, Roscoe Dash featuring Soldier Boy, All the Way Turned Up. You remember when turnt was a word that people used sometimes, right? Lecrae even tried to use it then to try to be cool, right? I'm turnt, I'm turnt. Candace, Candace used to listen to that, like, blaring in her uh, Chevy Equinox. Um, yes, I'm turned. I'm turned. We've all done things like that. I, I listen to silly songs, too. Um, anyway, um, but alcohol is, um, is an issue for teenagers. Um, did you know that 7% of all teenagers say they tasted alcohol prior to fourth grade? <laughs> That's pretty early. All right. Um, 15% by 6th grade, 25% by 7th grade. That number goes up to 62% by their senior year of high school. That's kind of the rule, not, not the exception uh, these days. To compound that, 1,800 students, t- 21 years or under, die from alcohol-related injuries each year. Okay, uh, So nearly 2,000. Uh, 31% of all college students meet the minimum criteria for a diagnosis of alcohol abuse each year. So that's not like just casual drinking, alcohol abuse. Like, hey, we got a problem, we need some help. One-third, almost, 31% of all college students. In the last 10 years, there have been more than 97,000 reported victims of alcohol-related sexual assault or date rape, okay? That is, someone is impaired or inebriated by alcohol or some other substance put into alcohol or some other form of drink and then are either assaulted or raped, almost 100,000 people. And so this is a, a real issue amongst teenagers and young people. And so it's not just something that I'm preparing you for for 10 years from now. It's something that's relevant to you right now. So I want us to, to look a couple of places. The first place is not going to be on the screen. We're going to get into 1 uh, Corinthians in just a second. But the book of Romans, I want us to start there because I want us to start out in a very foundational place to kind of uh, put to bed the first question. Okay, The first question that I would have for you before we get into what Scripture says specifically about alcohol, is this question. I want you to think about it for a second. Is it sinful? I'm talking to teenagers right now. Is it sinful for you to consume alcohol as a teenager? What's that? What's that? Yes? Okay. Why? Does you have a reason you just... Oh, okay. Oh, all right. There's a yes. There's a minimum age of consumption, right? Okay, uh, and that varies depending on what state you live in. But in in Romans chapter 13, okay, it, just stick with me here. I think we're going to cover all of our questions, hopefully, and answer them. But in Romans chapter 13, we see that 
that Paul tells us that we need to let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those who exist have been instituted by God. And he goes on to continue to talk about all these different examples of how we ought to honor specifically the governing authorities in our lives. So the first, the first caveat or foundational truth I want us to see is that right now for your stage in life, okay, to consume alcohol, okay, is sin because you are violating the system in which God has placed uh, of authority in your life, the system of authority God has placed in your life, okay? Now, does it mean that you're a terrible person if you've consumed alcohol and there's no forgiveness for you? No, that's not what I'm saying at all, okay? But what I'm saying is that right now, if you have the question, hey, Josh, should I or can I, with a clear conscience, partake in alcohol or other things like it, the answer is quite clearly no because it violates what God has established. It is against the law, okay? Just like if you walked in here like, hey, Josh, um, you know, can I, can I go 45 miles an hour right here by the church? No, you can't actually. You know why? Because the speed limit's not 45, right? You are violating the law, okay? Can I ride around without my seatbelt on? No, actually, you can't because it's against the law, all right? And those may not seem like the same things, but we are we are willfully breaking the law, which God has allowed, at the very least, to be placed in authority over us, okay? And so why is, why is that an issue for us at all? Well, it's similar to conversations I've had about politics in the last couple of days. How we respond to the authority figures in our lives says a lot about what we believe. Did you know that? That how you respond to authority in your life says a lot about what you believe ultimately about God's authority, Track with me. If you believe that God is sovereign, and that's a, it's just a fancy word to say that God is in complete control of everything, okay? If you believe that God is in control of everything, and you believe Scripture, where it says that God has placed authority in our lives for a very particular reason, but then you willfully disobey that authority, you're not only disobeying the authority here on earth, but you're disobeying whose authority? God's authority. Now stay with me. Not only has God placed governing authorities uh, who make and pass laws in your life, but God has also placed who else in authority over you? Your parents, right? And we've already talked about this, right? You are to honor your father and mother, right? So if your, your mom and dad are like, <laughs> no alcohol in our house, right? Then you, you have to honor your father and mother, okay? Now, things get a little, a little tricky when mom and dad aren't following God's will, right? And we talked about that earlier on, and we can answer those questions later if, if, we, uh, if you have more questions about that specifically when we're finished. But God has placed authorities in your life, and God has giving, given us the ability to choose whether or not to follow those authorities. But how we interact with authority figures in our life and how we act with the legal process of our land says a lot about us. It says a lot about our God. Says a lot about what we believe ultimately. Does that make sense? So for right now, for those of you who are under 18, right, it is clearly sinful because you are going against not only the authority of the land, but the authority that God Himself has established. We are to submit to governing authorities. And so therefore alcohol is off limits to everyone who is under age. Okay. Now, I want us to see um, a couple things about what scripture says. Um, and we don't have time to go through all these examples. But let me just start with a very basic truth. Scripture at no point says that alcohol and consuming alcohol 
is wrong, that it is a bad thing, okay? The consumption in moderation of alcohol. In fact, we have examples in Scripture of people not only consuming alcohol, but we have uh, a miracle involving wine, right? Where Jesus turns what? Water into wine, right? Now, here's here's what a lot of pastors do, um, just if I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of pastors try to dance around this because it's very, uh, it can upset a lot of people and they like to say, well, alcohol is different than it used to be. It's a different proof. There's, there's more fermentation, so it's stronger now than it used to be. It could be, but it was still alcohol. And we know it was still alcohol because people were getting drunk off of it in the, in the New Testament as well. Okay, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a cop-out to be like, oh, it's different than it, whatever. Paul, Jesus, we, they all address this issue in one way or another, okay? And so what we see in Scripture is that that alcohol was consumed without it ever being attached to sinful behavior, okay? There's places in the New Testament, in Scripture, okay, throughout Scripture, um, and, and we, we see uh, the terminology used for wine, we see it used in ways in which it isn't always a negative thing, okay? And so I, I want us to understand this, and I tell you that up front because I grew up in a place, in a church, and honestly in a house, um, where that, that idea was never really, never really told to me. It was never communicated to me well. Okay, that, that in the New Testament, there were clear examples where uh, people were consuming alcohol and it, it wasn't uh, sin to consume alcohol. Okay, please, please stay with me because you're going to check out right now and be like, oh, youth pastor said I could drink alcohol. All right, okay, that's why I'm recording this and putting it on the internet in about an hour, okay? So your parents can know the truth instead of what you tell them, all right? All right. Um, so, but here's, here's what happened uh, to me, and here's what I don't want to be, be guilty of with you. It's telling you what's easy for me to tell you and what's easy for you to hear and what's easy for you to wrestle with, and then, like, all of a sudden you get to, uh, you know, like, some collegiate ministry or you hear a pastor when you're, like, 25, and they tell you this, and you're like, why didn't Josh tell me that that, that, that was the case? I want to be honest and transparent with you, okay? Now, stay with me because we're going to cover this, and we're going to get back to it in just a second, Okay? Alcohol consumption in Scripture is not necessarily sin. However, in your little notes, big however, drunkenness in Scripture is, guess how often it's a sin in the New Testament? Always, all right? It is, okay? Okay? Consuming alcohol or any other substances that alter your mind or your state of cognition, uh, cognitive ability to the point where you lose control of that, it, it's sin every time, okay? And, and, and we see, think about it, and, and look, hopefully, again, hopefully you haven't had to deal with this at, at this point in your life, but there's going to come a time where these are going to become very real things, okay? Think about it from your own home experience. Perhaps you have a parent or an older sibling that, that, that struggles with this issue, or you have friends that struggle with this issue, or, or you just watch TV or whatever, okay? But the consumption of alcohol to this point there's always some ulterior motive. There's always some other root issue, okay? It's, it's not just consuming alcohol to the point of, uh, of being drunk, okay? There's always something else. Either, right, it helps me loosen up so I can feel uh, more secure about myself. I can have more fun, right, in a social setting, right? That happens a lot, right? I just need a few so I can, I can loosen up a little bit and so I can, well, guess what happens then? That there's, there's insecurity, okay, with who you are in a sober state and so there's a deeper issue there that needs to be addressed, okay? Because you feel you need something, okay, something a chemical or whatever that you have to put in your body to make you feel comfortable fitting in and being part of what's happening. 
rather than finding your true identity in Christ and being comfortable in who you are, okay? See, deeper root there. Or, hey, I just really need to escape from everything. Uh, you know, there's just a lot going on, right? Again, so now we're not trusting in Jesus, right, for what's going on in our lives. We have to supplement Jesus with a substance. Does that make sense? So we're replacing Jesus in the comfort and the peace that he says he alone can provide us in Scripture. And so now we're replacing it with something else, okay? Whether, whether it be uh, drugs, alcohol, whatever, okay? Um, and so there's that. Every reason that you can come up with, okay, to drink to the point of being drunk or to take something to the point of being high or to smoke something to the point of being high or whatever, whatever it is, okay, I didn't even cover, like, illegal drugs because they're illegal, right? I figured hopefully we worked that out, right? Like, don't do crack cocaine, guys, because it's illegal and it's not good for you, all right? But this, this idea of drunkenness is, is – I'll give you some examples, okay? If you want to write these down, you go look at them later. I don't have time to force to look at them every uh, – uh, all of them right now. But Deuteronomy 21.20 starts in the Old Testament, okay? Ecclesiastes 10.17 – Matthew 24, 29, Luke 12, 45, and 21, 34. Romans 13, 13, part of the passage we just read a second ago. 1 Corinthians 5, 18, Ephesians 5, 18, 1 Peter 4, 3. And, and there's more, more examples than that. So if you want to go home and, and look those up and be like, I don't believe Josh knows what he's talking about. That's fine. Wouldn't be the first time today somebody told me I didn't know what I was talking about. Uh, so <laughs> Twitter's a wonderful place. Um, first, 1 Peter 4, 3, okay? So there's, there's a lot of those, okay, a lot of those examples. And you can go home and look them up and, and, and search out Scripture for yourself, okay? But Scripture is clear that drunkenness is off limits. It, it is a sin. And, it, and it, again, it is a sin not because you're taking too much of, uh, of some drink. It's a sin because the point of what you're doing is ultimately to soothe yourself or bring yourself peace or to bring yourself happiness or fulfillment or contentment with something that is not Jesus. And in this way, guys, it's not too dissimilar to a lot of other things, right? Have you ever heard uh, people say that, that such and such is like a drug for me or such and such is like a drug to somebody else? There are other things, right? There are people who, who have addictions to other things, right? There are people who have addictions to very good things, like working out. You know, people that are obsessed with working out, right? Staying fit and being healthy and being in shape is a good thing, right? God, that's something God created. Yet, if we work out and train our bodies to a point of obsession, right? Because, because that is the thing, look at me, that is the thing that gives us confidence or gives us self-worth. We have replaced Jesus with working out and physical fitness. And you, you, maybe you know people like this in your life. Like I could think of several people off the top of my head that I know who that idea of working out and training their body has become an idol in their life, in their life because they don't feel secure enough in who God created them to be and who they are that they have to train. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't people out there training for marathons and Ironman and all that kind of stuff that, 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 um, that aren't in perfect step with what God wants them to do. And they're just training a lot. That's, that's fine. Uh, Travis has to train a lot to play uh, like 47 billion instruments or whatever ridiculous amount of instruments he plays. This dude, he was killing the drums Sunday. I'm like, bro, you're not even a drummer. And he's, oh, he's like animal from uh, Muppet Babies. All right. Uh, yes. 
Yeah, absolutely. Sure, and that's what I, yeah, and I just said that. Most, most people do. But there are certainly people who, because of what it makes them look like, it becomes, it becomes an idol, right? Uh, and, that's, and that's what I'm talking about. When something, whether it be alcohol, whether it be drugs, whether it be something like that, when it gets to the point where that is the thing in your life, that's when it's become a problem, okay? And that's what happens with alcohol here. We see, we see in all of these examples that drunkenness, that drinking to the point where that drink, okay, or that substance, it becomes what gives you worth or gives you confidence, it becomes an idol because no longer does Jesus give you those things. And everything in our life, when something replaces Jesus, it's sin. And the same is true here, okay? The same is true here. Uh, real quickly, I, I got to speed through this because we got to get done um, in, in a second, but there's a, there's a parable, uh, and this is not in my notes, we're freestyling here, is that cool with you? There's a parable of this guy that he's called, referred to as the, the rich young ruler, and he approaches Jesus, and he basically asks Jesus, it's a question of salvation, he says, what, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus responds to him and says, you're to keep my commandments. And, and uh, he's like, all right, which ones? And Jesus tells him, he gives him a few of them, he's like, I already got that covered, I'm keeping all the commandments, Okay. And uh, Jesus is like, okay, cool. Um, and he continues, and, and there's this back and forth dialogue. And it gets to the point where finally Jesus says, all right, here's what you, must be, what you must do. Sell off everything you own and give it to the poor. Okay. Now, selling off everything you own and giving it to the poor doesn't save you. What saves you? Jesus, and Jesus alone saves you. Faith in Jesus Christ saves you. But Jesus knew the thing that was holding the rich young ruler back. His God, his idol, were his material possessions. And so up until that point, the dude was like, I got no problem honoring my, my father and mother. I'm not going to kill anybody. I'm not committing adultery. I'm not lying. I'm not, I'm not doing any of those things. But when Jesus said, all right, sell off what you own and give it to the poor, the rich young ruler turns and walks away. Because there was something in his life that meant more to him than following Jesus. So that's what we have in all of these examples that we're talking about here is that if we're finding our worth, our confidence, our peace, our security, that's the root of what's happening here when we talk about, about drunkenness in particular, okay? Now, we've seen that consuming alcohol in and of itself is not sin in Scripture. We've seen that consuming too much alcohol to the point of drunkenness is sin in Scripture. So where, where, do, we, where do we find where we need to be once we are of legal age, Okay? So here's what I want us to look at. What's the first passage that's on there? Whoever's running my pro presenter, I can't see you. All right, yes, thank you. Um, can you uh, tell me what passage is first? Is it 1 Corinthians 6 or 1 Corinthians 10 on the slide? Boom, 1 Corinthians 6, if you have your Bible. Uh, let's start, I think it's in verse 12 maybe. Um, if I'm wrong, then it'll be like the 5,000th time today. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 perhaps. Yes. All right, verse 12. This is where I just, this one verse really. So it says, all things are lawful for me. This is Paul writing to the church of Corinth. And he's going to write specifically about sexual immorality here, okay? And so we're going to look at this passage. And then he uses the same language again, talking about a totally different issue. And I want us to see that his examples are not just specific examples, but they're 
examples in how to live Christ-like lives in all things, okay? So verse 12, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. And then he says, food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is meant for sexual immorality, uh, but for the Lord, or not for sexual immorality, uh, for the Lord and the Lord for the body, okay? All right, yes, unfortunate uh, misread there, all right? And so he's talking specifically about sexual immorality, and he says, he's he's already written the uh, letter to the church at Rome where he's talking about how we have freedom in Christ, we are not slaves to the law anymore. We are free to live a free life in Christ because Christ has died for us in fulfillment of the law, and we are no longer obligated to the law. Okay? But what he says repeatedly in Romans, and what he says again here in 1 Corinthians, is that just because you have the freedom to do something doesn't mean that it is beneficial. Okay? So hear me when I say that. He says all things are lawful, but not all things are what? Helpful, or not all things build up, or not all things are beneficial, depending on your translation. Your translation say, all things are permissible to me, but not all things build up, not all things edify, not all things are good, not all things are profitable. He says, all things are lawful for me, he repeats that again, but I will not be dominated or controlled or be subject to these things. So Paul writes that specifically about sexual immorality first in his first letter. He says, it may be permissible, it may be okay for me to do this or that, but just because it's permissible doesn't mean it's the best thing, doesn't mean that it's profitable, doesn't mean that it's beneficial for me or for those around me. We'll come back to this point in just a second. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is our next slide, right, Victoria? You can skip down to that next passage. I had all the verses on there because I didn't know how far I was going to read. 1 Corinthians 10, I think it starts in 23, verse 23 maybe. All right, so again, same language. He writes to the Corinthians again, okay, later in the same letter. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. So continue to listen. Let no one seek what? His own good, but the good of whom? His neighbor. So eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any question on the ground of conscience. Let me tell you that the word conscience is one of the hardest words in the English language for me to pronounce for some reason. I hate having to say it, so forgive me if I mess it up because he says it like 50 times in this passage. All right, Uh, verse uh, 26. For the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. If one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner and you are disposed to go, eat whatever is set before you without raising any question on the ground of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered and sacrificed, then do not eat it for the sake of the one who informed you and for the sake of conscience. I do not mean your conscience, but his. For why should my liberty be determined, also a hard word for me to say, uh, determined by someone else's conscience? If I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of that for which I give thanks? All right, verse 31. We spent a whole semester talking about this not too terribly long ago. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God. Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many that they may be saved. So that's a lot of talk about conscience and meat and idols and sacrifices and everything else. Listen to me. Here's what Paul is saying. Okay. There's this situation going on in Jewish culture, okay? 
uh, with Gentile Christians being added in. So you have Jewish believers and, and Gentile believers coming together in, in one body of believers. They have different heritage, different culture, different beliefs on different things. Okay? The thing that unites them is that Jesus Christ died for them and they have found salvation in Jesus Christ and they are now seeking to follow him. The problem happens, though, that there are certain people groups who are sacrificing meat to false gods. Okay, And then that meat is being sold in the market. And so what Paul says, he gives this example, that if Sydney invites Shelby over to her house to eat some lamb. All right, yum, all right? I had lamb last night, it was delicious, okay? All right, but Sydney invites Shelby to eat some lamb, and Shelby walks in, and she's like, okay, cool, it's some lamb, right? Um, no problem, I like lamb, I'm going to eat the lamb, okay? All right, looks good, all right? But Olivia is like, hey, Shelby, did you know that Sydney sacrificed that lamb to a false god, and now you're about to eat it? That's not good, all right? So there's a situation kind of like this where Shelby doesn't want to offend Sydney, right? Because Sydney has prepared a lovely dish of lamb, all right? But Olivia is offended because Sydney has sacrificed this lamb to a God that is not Yahweh, that is not Jesus. And so she tells Shelby, hey, <laughs> this lamb has been sacrificed to some false gods. What are you going to do now? And so we have this problem where Paul says, how you, how you deal with issues of conscience, how you deal with issues of gray areas, things you're unsure of, what Scripture tells us to do, ultimately, is to, the air, to err on the side of pointing our neighbor to Jesus. Now, how we do that isn't always the most obvious thing. It's not always the most comfortable thing. But what Paul tells us is that whether we eat or drink, okay, or whatever we do, we are aiming to glorify God. And he says, and then do your best not to give offense to anyone or not to point people away from Jesus, but to point people to Jesus in the decisions you make. So ultimately the point of what we see in 1 Corinthians 10, 23 through 31 or 33, is ultimately that, that our life, watch this, it's important, is not about us. It's about the people around us coming to know Jesus and being encouraged and edified or built up in Jesus. And so decisions like the consumption of alcohol and things that, that appear to be a gray area, what we choose to do ultimately is not about us. And this is what I, I try so hard to, to talk to people about. So much of the Christian, and I'm trying to learn it myself as well, so much of the Christian faith is about us surrendering the liberties that we have for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. All things are lawful, all things are permissible, but are all things beneficial? And so what we have to do as believers is we have to understand that instead of what can I do, what do I get, what can I get away with, how far can I push this before it becomes sin? Instead, what God says and what Scripture tells us is that we forego our liberties and our freedoms for the sake of our neighbor so that our neighbor might be pointed to Jesus Christ and won over to salvation. 
and that God ultimately would be glorified in the decisions that we make. So, real quick before we wrap up. Should you consume alcohol once you are of legal age in some social setting or in the privacy of your own home? I don't know. That's a decision that you are going to make as an adult. Should your parents do it now? That's up to your parents, ultimately. So what, that's the best conclusion I can come, from, come to from the New Testament. Now, let me share my heart and what God has called me to personally, okay? And give me just a second so I can get there in a roundabout way. Candace and I have, have chosen, okay, in large part because of my position as a pastor, okay, not to consume alcohol in, in any form at any time, right? Some old lady sticks some bourbon in a pecan pie that she brings to a senior adult deal. I don't know about it until I taste the pecan pie. I'm not going to waste the piece of pecan pie, okay? So that's about as much as I get ever, okay? Except this one time I went to a senior adult event and this lady had poured like an entire fifth of bourbon in a pecan pie and it was like literally drowning. And I took one bite and I thought I was going to die um, because it was disgusting. So um, I didn't eat that piece of pecan pie, but... I don't ask questions most of the time when it comes to pecan pie. And it's not pecan, it is pecan. And it's not pecan, Lance, you're not even from here, are you? Where are you from? All right. What are you talking about, dude? Uh, pecan. What is that, dude? Are you from, like, Michigan? All right. Pecan pie. All right, pecan pie. Anyway, hey, stay with me. So God has called Candace and myself, all right, not to consume alcohol because of the position we're in, especially working with teenagers, right? So y'all come over to my house to hang out. You're playing some Xbox. You're playing some cards, hanging out, whatever you're doing. And, uh, and, and Lance is like, hey, dude, you got a Dr. Pepper or some sweet tea or whatever or water or whatever. I'm like, hey, it's in the refrigerator. And you open the refrigerator. like, bro, what is all this in here, right? All kinds of crazy craft beers and everything else. All right, it's crazy. All right? You're like, hey, what is, what, what, what is this? Right? And, and you may not have an issue with it at all. Maybe what you're accustomed to are fine. Whatever. Okay? But I know that when you, when you are in my home, when you see me in the grocery store, when you see me out at a restaurant or whatever, right, there's, there's no question, there's no gray area there in that area of my life. Now, do I have a lot of other flaws? Absolutely. I'm trying to work on those too. But I, I know that in that one thing, in that one particular area in my life, okay, it's easy for me to remove it from the equation. I've just got to be honest with you. It's not, a, it's not a, a big draw for me. There are a lot of other things that tempt me, okay, a lot of other struggles that I have. Wow. <laughs> Bless you. And the mouse that just sneezed in your pocket. <laughs> that was incredible. All right, you may be getting sick. Um, anyway, um, sorry, wasn't called for. Um, so I know that that's not going to be an issue in my life. Listen to me. But I also know this about myself. Okay? This is part of just, this isn't, this isn't necessarily a biblical thing. This is just a, a practical thing. I know that when I go home tonight, at some point, I'm probably going to turn on my Xbox. I'm 34 years old. I have a problem, I know. But I'm, I'm going to turn on a video game probably. And you know what? If I, don't, if I don't check myself, I could play it for hours and hours and hours. You know why? Because I have an addictive personality when it comes to a lot of things. Right? I know that about myself. 
I know that if I have access to Dr. Pepper, I'm going to drink Dr. Pepper or Diet Mountain Dew. I know that the jar of candy that is on my desk in my office right now won't last very long because I'm going to eat it, and I'm going to eat it, and I'm not going to be able to stop. Likewise, I know that if I were to consume something like alcohol, I know myself well enough to know that if I began to allow that into my life, that it would become a problem for me. I just know that about myself. And so there are certain things in my life that I have to say, I can't, I can't have that in my life. Does that make sense? And if we're honest with ourselves, we know that about things in our, in our life. And so this is one of those things that, that has to be removed for me. And it removes all the questions. I'll tell you what's funny, and then we'll, we'll kind of close. And, and look, if you have questions about this, you can ask me. People, people are funny around Candace and I with alcohol. It's really weird. Um, like if I go to the grocery store and a church member has alcohol in their shopping cart, they'll like go to all kinds of crazy lengths to hide it from me. Like I care that they have purchased alcohol. Like I've seen people literally hide alcohol behind their back while have a conversation with me in Walmart at this church. I literally, I just saw them walk down the wine aisle at Walmart. They have a bottle of wine in their hand and they're hiding it behind their back. Guys, I know that people drink alcohol. And it's okay, you don't have to, like, hide things from me, okay? Adults or whoever. I, I, I get it. It's part, it's part of everyday life. It's part of our culture. And, again, we've already seen that, that it's not sin to consume alcohol. I'm not, like, walking around Walmart and be like, oh, what you got in the buggy? <laughs> All right? It's not, it's not what I'm doing, okay? But, but it's just funny. It's, it's such... It's such It'll always be a controversial topic, especially in church. And so I just wanted to be really honest and transparent with you, okay? So as you leave here, understand a few things real quickly, and we're wrapping up. Understand that the Scripture is pretty clear that there are people throughout Scripture who drank alcohol and it wasn't sin. But drunkenness is a sin. Alcohol is off the table for you who are underage, some of you have experienced alcoholism in your own life and you know the problems that come with it. And it ought, to, it ought to be an indicator to you that there are more oftentimes than not, guys, there are issues that come with it. Unfortunately, I've been to a lot of funerals where people died as a result of alcohol where people were operating vehicles or whatever while impaired. Stuff happens. There are a lot of consequences that come with that. Ultimately, the decision that you have to make as an adult is this. Okay? How do you best live your life to honor God and to point the people around you to Jesus? And then you have to apply that to these issues. It's going to look different for some of you than it does for others, okay? But in this gray area, are you asking the right questions? Not, is this permissible for me, but is this beneficial for me? Is it beneficial for those around me? Is it beneficial in me, in this pursuit to honor God? Those are the questions you have to ask. Does that make sense? Now, there's going to come a point in... Uh, in a group this size where somebody's going to struggle with alcohol or somebody's going to struggle with drugs, 
I got a kid who was in my youth group. I think I've talked about him before. Uh, he's in my youth group like eight years ago, probably. And he's working doing disaster relief in Panama City. And he's a drug addict. But he's coming to stay with us sometime this week. He can't, he's working, but the company he works for won't put him up in a hotel room, so he has to sleep in his car. And so he's going to drive from Panama City to here to stay with us because I'm not sending him any more money because he just gets high with it. But he's going to come and stay with us. And eight years he's been out of my student ministry, but we still, almost weekly, he either talks to me or he talks to Candace. And we're working with him eight years later. So I say that to say, at some point, you or someone around you is going to have a struggle with this or something else. Guys, look at me, please. I will be here. If I'm alive, I will be here. The other end of a cell phone or whatever social media platform exists or some chip in our head or whatever happens, I will be here and Candace will be here. And I'm not going to be the dude in the grocery store that's like, what do you have in your buggy? What I'm going to be is Josh, who knows that you're human because I know that I'm human. And I want to be here to love you through whatever's happening. Does that make sense? Whatever's happening around you or whatever's happening in your life. Whether it has to do with this or something else, please, please, please know that there is absolutely nothing that you can do or will do, number one, that I haven't seen already, or number two, that is going to make me love you any less than I love you, okay? All right, let me pray for you. Father, God, I thank you so much, God, for these students and these parents, God, and I pray that uh, this issue that can be very sensitive, it can be um, divisional. God, I pray that it wouldn't be. God, I pray that we would seek to honor you in the choices that we make. And God, we would seek to point those around us to you. And I pray that if there's any questions by parents or students, God, that we could have, uh, God, a conversation, God, that's beneficial to, to everyone and ultimately to the gospel. Yeah, we ask all these things in your name. Amen. All right.